0: Are you longing for real-life change and lasting impact? Here at More to Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Angela Sackett.
1: And I'm Lisa Pulliam, and together we want to help you think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day.
0: So this week we wanted to take just a little bit of time since it's our first episode and introduce ourselves to you and kind of... Welcome you to More to Be and tell you uh, what our podcast is going to be all about. And so, Lisa, why don't you give us a start? Introduce yourself and
1: tell us a little about your heart. Sure. Well, I am the founder of More to Be, I've been uh, writing and serving online for, oh, good grief, I think a decade now. And my heart is just to see women truly experience life transformed through a fresh encounter with God and His Word and to see how the Word applies to their life and can pick up that scripture. But uh, put it into action and continue to grow in a relationship with the Lord in such a way that they see their habits change, their life change, and their impact change.
0: Yes, love it. And, and 100%, that's my heart too. I write it every day. Welcome.com. And um, I use the idea, the thoughts of hospitality and food and creating welcome to welcome God into your life and then to welcome others to experience His love through that. And when you and I first met uh, online and then started talking, God really kind of planted a seed in our heart to share those perspectives that in some ways are different and how they look uh, walking out in day, day to day life, but yet really are rooted in that concept of being transformed by the Holy Spirit through His Word. And then sharing that, challenging other women to do the same. And so that's kind of where More to Be Podcast came from.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think my prayer is really that this podcast is just like taking a woman's hand and saying, hey, I'm with you on this journey. Let's go back and see what the scriptures have to say for you today.
0: Yes. And, And you kind of touched on this. It's really challenging women to be all that God has for them, not just what we can do in the flesh and our own strength, but. In what He wants to do through us. And if you're listening today, that's really our hope is that by listening to kind of our conversation, two sisters in the Lord, um, what He's doing in our lives through the Word, um, as we dig into His Word, that we will encourage you to be all that He has for you to be. And so this uh, first episode, we're going to talk about the idea of being transformed. Um, Can you touch on that just a little bit more, Lisa?
1: Yes, I really see it. Uh, transformation is that change process like a butterfly, right? They start in this cocoon mm-hmm. and they go through a process and that process, if we look at a cocoon with a butterfly, the the natural instinct is to get a scissors and cut that cocoon out and let them get out of it and fly free. But in the transformation process that God has for us from beginning until end, there is that stretching of our wings, that development, that growing, that mu- muscle, where I like to call it soul strength, from a mm-hmm. biblical perspective, in order to do the things that He has called us to do. And so, I my my kind of take on transformation isn't just from like an angry woman to a joy filled woman, although that's <laughs> part of my story, but it's also from doubting God to trusting God, from Uh, feeling afraid to moving forward in courage. What is the transformation that the Lord wants to take us through each day, each thought, each challenge?
0: And you really, you touched on something that I think is pretty powerful, and um, it's a good segue into the passage of scripture that we're going to concentrate on today, and that is that there is struggle, there is work involved sometimes in yielding to um, the path that God has for us. And so we're going to look today at Colossians three. Three through 17. And um, if you're listening today and you have access to your Bible, flip it open, um, mark it, put a bookmark in there so that you can go back and dig into this later and really see what the Lord has to say to you. But in the meantime, I'm going to go ahead, Lisa, if that's okay with you, and um, read that passage for us and then give you a chance to kind of share your thoughts and experience with it.
1: Love it. Love it. We've made this commitment, right, Angela, that we want to make sure the word is what our women. And if it's okay, we're going to call y'all our women, (laughs) that our women, our community of women walk away with the word more than with just a feel good inspirational moment, right? The scriptures are what gets in and changes our thinking and our living. So we need to seek God for that.
0: Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to go from new international version today, Colossians 3, 3 through 17, or you died "'Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. "'Do not lie to each other, "'since you've taken off your old self with its practices "'and have put on the new self, "'which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. "'Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, "'barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, "'but Christ is all and is in all. "'Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved,' Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So share a little bit, if you will, because I know that this passage kind of triggered in you thoughts about your story of coming to know the Lord personally. Um, Share a little bit about that with us.
1: Sure. So I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I grew up in a home that uh, was really divided between two different uh, denominations. One of those happened to be Jewish and was not really raised with an understanding of what it meant for Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior, to be somebody that I was in relationship with, to understand how the cross uh, represented a sacrifice that was made for me personally. And so I knew the things of the Bible, but didn't know how they applied to me personally. And I uh, also grew up in a home that was marred by a lot of dysfunction, abuse, emotional and physical abuse that dates back at least to maybe even three generations in my family. So the perspective in which I saw the world as an emerging teenager and college girl uh, is very, very different than how I see the world right now. Uh, My goal was to survive, and my goal really was kind of to be my own God. Uh, I I didn't want to be dependent upon anybody. I wanted to be self-sufficient. But then I came face-to-face with death, which many of us do, and that can be a crisis of faith. Uh, I had a friend whose mom was the only Christian I had ever known up until that point in my life. The only person that sat across from me and said, I believe that Jesus Christ, died. Jesus Christ died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins and that when I die, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to see him face to face and that's when my body will be healed and whole. And for me, that was very powerful because this woman was dying of cancer mm-hmm. and she was believing that that the Lord would heal her, but was willing for that healing to happen in eternity. And it left its mark on me. I I was convinced that God would heal her. So when I headed off to my semester abroad in London and got news two months later that this woman passed away, I really had a face-to-face with God of, are you real and do you really exist? Because Mm -hmm. how could you let a woman like this die? And so our mutual friend that had introduced us uh, sent me a Bible and had... um, passages highlighted in scripture that meant nothing to me and it's amazing 25 years later that these words mean everything to me now mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do with that Bible so I I brought it to my other friend who God has so graciously provided in this like youth hostel dormitory setting and, and I knew she was a believer and I said what does this mean and she said close the Bible forget about the Bible it's like really you're say you're a Christian. I don't understand why you're telling me to close the Bible. But uh, essentially she said, Lisa, how do you think you're getting to heaven? And I said, I don't, I don't think I'm getting to heaven. And she said, well, why? I'm like, I know the 10 commandments and I've broken like seven of them. So I think I'm out, uh, in the, in the same ways that I would look at the (laughs) grades and assume whether or not I'm going to get to college was the same way. I kind of evaluated whether or not eternity was for me. Uh, And so she said, that's not how it works. And she explained the gospel so simply for me. She said, Jesus Christ died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. Everything you've ever done that's wrong, even those things on that Ten Commandment list. He died for that. His blood was shed to make you right with God. And that is your ticket to heaven. I kind of looked at her, your head cocked a little bit like a dog who hears a funny sound. (laughs) And, And I said, Well, and she goes, Lise, if you choose to believe this, you're going to heaven with me. And if you choose not to, you're not going to heaven. The alternative is hell. That was hard for me to stomach. Mm. And I couldn't understand that part of it. And she said, but if I'm wrong and you choose to believe, we're kind of in the same place. And I thought, okay. And it was a very plain decision. It wasn't really the first time I had encountered the gospel, but it was the first time I'll have to tell that other part of the story another time, but it was the first time in which I, I looked at what was before me and I, I felt like I had a decision to make. And that night I chose to believe in Jesus. And I told all my friends that I was going to believe in Jesus and live just like him. <laughs> and they, they thought I was crazy and there was no fruit, literally no fruit. I continued to live the party lifestyle that I had up until that moment. But in the weeks that followed, I had to find out who Jesus was if I was going to live like him. And in that first decade of my faith, my baby faith, things on the outside changed uh, pretty significantly. You know, I stopped sleeping around. I stopped cursing. I stopped getting drunk. I stopped um, all these external behaviors. I started going to church. I started reading a Bible. But uh, apart from that, there was still this this hardened heart inside of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and so what I say, and I'll share that story at another point in our podcast of the hardened heart and how God healed me. Uh, But I think that transformation is both the point of salvation and the point of sanctification. And Mm -hmm. those sounds like big theological words, but our salvation is when we say, yes, Jesus, I believe you are my savior. And put our faith and begin walking in that way. But the sanctification comes as he's changing us from that old person into that new person. And that doesn't happen overnight. That happens over the long haul.
0: Yeah. In the little things and the big things. Sometimes we think we look for the outside big changes. And yet sometimes God is doing things quietly, stirring us up, changing the way that we think and the behaviors then follow.
1: Right. Right, you know, as I look at Colossians three here, it says uh, in verse five. So, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Sometimes I feel like those sinful earthly earthly things lurking in in us that are easier to put to death are the ones that are more obvious. But mm-hmm. what about pride and insecurity and jealousy and um, idolatry? Those are the those are the sinful things that tend to go by other names, like mm-hmm. caution or investment or, uh, protection. Like we, we reason out, uh, our earthly nature instead of walking in our spiritual nature that God has given us in Christ.
0: And, you know, there's a, there's a strong word that's repeated quite a few times here in this passage. And that is the word death or die Mm -hmm. that I think sometimes, um, you know, we, we avoid that. We want to run from the hard things, um, I remember, I think I've shared this with you before, being in labor with one of our babies, and I think it was my first. And my midwife saying to me, you can't run from the pain. You have to go through it. Mm. And I think there's something really powerful about that, this idea of transformation that's ongoing. God you know, tells us here, don't run from the hard stuff. You, you will have to put to death even those things that other people may not see. You said the pride, you know. Mm-hmm. And yet he points us toward the sweetness of choosing compassion, kindness, and humility. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it's work.
1: <laughs> it is work. It is really hard work. And, you know, in the coach training course I teach, uh, one of the principles is that you learn enough bad information by age six to affect you for the rest of your life mm-hmm. unless it's challenged. And so I think that that is an issue for us. Like, who are we in relationship and in community with that's willing to challenge us to put to death that earthly old nature Mm -hmm. and walk in our new nature?
0: I have to say, I think that's such a great point to consider. Um, Who's holding us accountable in the change process? Um, That can make all the difference in the world. And so let's make that our challenge question for part one today. Who can you share your story with? And your desire for change, who can um, maybe hold you accountable in that? And what part of our old nature or your old nature are you eager to see God transform? And then I'm going to ask a third question. Would you be willing to spend time in prayer talking with him and um, asking him for this transformation that you desire in your heart? So that's our challenge for you today. We hope you've been blessed in our time together. Um, Lisa, you want to close us in prayer?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Lord God, I thank you so very much for this podcast and the opportunity for Angela and I to be encouraged as we connect over the things that you have been doing in our life and the lessons that you've been teaching us. And I thank you for our listeners, especially, God, wherever these precious women may be today. Father, I ask that you would give them hope as they consider the story that you are writing through their lives, a story that is not yet done. God, I think of the promise in scripture that you who began a good work, us will bring it to completion. And we're only in the middle of a chapter. We're not at the end. And there is work that you want to do on our hearts. There's work that you want to do in our lives. So God, I pray that you would give us each the courage to approach you uh, with those things that we even recognize need transformation, that we'd be willing to roll up our sleeves with you and allow you access to our hearts that you would do the work that you intend to do for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We're so glad you've joined us for the More to Be podcast, and we look forward to bringing you part two of this episode next time. We're praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during our time together today. Be sure to visit
1: moretobe.com slash podcast for show notes and free downloadable resources. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.